Welcome to the podcast, How She Did It, the journey of women entrepreneurs from around the world. This is episode number five, coming to you from Germany. All around the world, women are rising above the social binds that constrain them to become unlikely entrepreneurs. Against all odds, these women are creating a life of hope and prosperity for themselves and have become leaders for change in their community. This episode is brought to you by Willow Tree Roots, a nonprofit whose mission is to empower vulnerable women in developing nations to socioeconomic independence through entrepreneurship. I am Tiffany Sharp, the founder and executive director of Willow Tree Roots. You can learn more about our projects and how you can support women in developing nations at willowtreeroots.org. The technology industry has not always been inviting or hospitable to women. Gender imbalance in the tech industry has been recognized as an issue since at least 2005. One would have expected some improvement since then, but this has not been the case. The consultancy agency Deloitte Global predicts that by the end of 2016, fewer than 25% of information technology jobs in developed countries will be held by women. That figure is about the same as 2015 and actually may even be down. But in Germany, Dr. Annette Leonhardt McDonald is doing her part to not only break through the barriers that exist for women in the tech industry by becoming a successful entrepreneur in her own right, but she's holding the door open and making room for other women in the process. So let's talk to Dr. Annette Leonhardt McDonald and find out how she did it. I just wanted to find out a little bit uh, more about you and, and talk about what motivates you and where you find inspiration. Um, sure. You have a PhD in informatics from the University of Edinburgh, and yeah. you founded your first technology company in 2011. Exactly. After selling that company, you co-founded Leonhard McDonald Ventures, and mm-hmm. in 2014, you founded Inspiring Female Founders, which, uh, which I think is, is really fantastic because that's sort of the, f- from what I understand, the platform for your Diversity Navis, which is um, like a, a network of mentors and role models, models for female entrepreneurs in the technology exactly. and startup sector. Mm-hmm. And what's even you know, additionally fantastic is that you're lead for Google Women Tech Makers in Munich, um, as well as a technology mentor at Google Launchpad and Fraunhofer Ventures. Did I get yeah. that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Good job. <laughs> um, so I, I really want to know about how you did it. You, um, how did you create this business and, and this entrepreneurship for yourself? I was, I was very lucky to be at a university that was very entrepreneurial. I mean, the School of Informatics in Edinburgh is, is really heavily focused on research commercialization. And we have very strong links with Silicon Valley and Stanford. And we were lucky actually to have every couple of weeks have investors come over to visit other startups. And I started working for Informatics Ventures, the kind of venture arm of my department. And um, also started mentoring researchers because um, I wasn't just a computer science person, also had a business degree, so um, I could get them some insight into how to turn research into products. And by the time the last year of my PhD came around, um, I was co-organizing this investor showcase and met a guy who had an idea for a company, and it just seemed like a natural thing, actually, to join as a co-founder. And this is how the first business really started. And, and later on, Donald, my now husband, joined as well. Um, for us as the CTO to actually build the technology because it was heavily based on our research. So 
it, yeah, it seemed like a pretty natural progression, really, to um, not just help other people set up companies, but do it yourself as well. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can tell me, I, I don't have a, a background in technology, but maybe you can tell me um, what, what type of company it was or what sort of yeah, sure. technology. So, um, yeah, so the idea was actually the, to provide a better service for, for companies to see how their marketing efforts and their PR efforts are actually received by the, by the, by the public or by the customers. Because at that time, um, what was done to assess like, the impact of marketing campaigns, you really looked at press clippings and you counted lines and publications mm. and then extrapolated the impact it would have on your potential customer base. Um, but this is not a very, I mean, it's, it's a very slow way to find out, but also it's, it's not that accurate because you don't really know who read the newspaper. So we actually thought about it, well, given everything is online these days and all, most newspapers have online um, articles and people are discussing stuff on Facebook and Twitter, that we would actually look at um, the reach of online marketing and kind of see then how many people are really reading this because we could track um, what audience was interested in the article, who they were connected to, what they actually clicked on. Um, we did a lot of natural language processing to find out what was being shared so we could find out if somebody was sharing an article about traveling to the Maldives because one of the customers we worked with was British Airways, uh, for example. So we could help them identifying potential customers to sell holidays to the Maldives to and these kind of things. So yeah. we, pro we provided basically a, a real-time way for, for brands to, to monitor their reputation and to track their PR efforts. Yeah, that's fantastic because with the, you know, with the advent of, I mean, I don't think anybody really picks up a paper newspaper anymore. Uh, you're right, they get all of their, their information and, and doing all of their communication um, via online and the internet. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a really innovative way to sort of help companies yeah, no, and there was actually a lot of a lot of research behind that because we were in a department that did develop these sentiment detection um, mm. things like kind of you know all these all these language analysis uh, algorithms, machine learning, and so it actually was a, it was also a great application for something very technical and to use it for a different domain. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we we tried that for a bit and then yeah got basically an innovation award for this from the Scottish government and funding as well. And it was, yeah, it was quite good fun. So um, we really developed some cool software that yeah. was, yeah, much better than the competition. <laughs> I, I love how you call it good fun. You know, like that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the passion behind it. Um, and yeah. I'm curious because you, you know, like women in technology, and maybe you can uh, share with me if it's, if it's that way uh, in Europe and, and in Germany as well. But, you know, here women just women in the tech sector, um, it's getting better, but still it's sort of a, you know, it's sort of like a finding a rare bird. Um, you don't, yeah. you don't see it very often. And I'm, um, I'm wondering for you, what, what was your greatest obstacle in, you know, particularly in being a woman pursuing, um, a field that, uh, is, is, was, and, and likely is still predominantly, um, inhabited by men. What was your greatest obstacle in doing that? I didn't actually have any obstacles mm -hmm. initially because uh, during my research, we were quite a lot of women for given, given it was a technical department. And also my PhD supervisor was a woman. Oh, and that's great. Uh, we, we had all sorts of um, cool programs like Gigets and, you know, Girls in Tech. And I was also doing um, university outreach programs. So we were traveling around Scotland to go to schools to get young girls interested in robotics and computer vision and all these things. So 
during that time, I didn't really think there was an obstacle. When I came to the business, it was more to do with the, the role I played. When we founded the company, the, the guy with the idea became the CEO and I was the COO. You know, it's always the, the kind of the ungrateful second place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I just then somehow, I, I, was, I fell more into the role of actually somehow being the supporting character mm-hmm. when I was coming out of something where actually I was in charge of my own research and my own ideas. So I, I found that quite difficult to then somehow not longer be, you know, my own, the, own, the captain of my own ship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was my company, but um, it wasn't quite the role I enjoyed, which also you know, in the second time around, I'm actually now the CEO. So, um. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that would be my, you know, my question is that, is that how you over, overcame that is by really sort of switching roles the second time around? So that you didn't, yeah. yeah. In a a way, because I mean, I was was actually very good at my job and I was, I mean, it was kind of like help with, you know, instrumental and securing financing. I was was looking after the finances of the company. I was was doing all the administrative tasks because I was very good at it, but I didn't enjoy it Mm -hmm. because I actually wanted to drive the strategy much more than I could in, in the role ahead. And it, it took me some time to realize that actually um, I have to do something there proactively. I mean, things are not given to you. You yeah. got to go for them. And right. so, so when I got the chance to do it again, I was much more, much more clear on what I was wanting, wanting out of it and which role I wanted to play to shape the future of the company. Yeah. And so how is, what, tell me about your typical day now and how does that differ? How does your typical day now differ um, than before you got into the role that you're at now. So and it doesn't it doesn't actually differ all that much because the actual jobs you do in a startup are still pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it differs for me how it feels because yeah. I feel I feel more powerful basically and I feel like I'm actually in charge and um, can really drive the, the way the company goes. And I mean it's really great because my, my co founder is is perfect at it as well. We, I mean, we, he's very focused on the technical side and driving the product development. And I really enjoy the networking aspect and the business development aspect and basically making making strategic partnerships. So we are very well suited actually to to doing going about this the way we do now and it's it's I find it much more enjoyable now. Yeah. yeah. And is it is it um do you feel more powerful now uh because you know, because of because of the experiences that you had, or is it um, is it that in a combination of uh, like a different mindset and because you do, are enjoying, you know, your your yeah. co-founder and who you're working with and um, what's the what's I think well, it's, 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 a, it's a definitely a kind of a mindset yeah. thing because I, I was like like many other women, um, you know, you, you, you easily fall into a supporting role. Right whether that is actually what you want to do, but quite often you also don't really think about what you really want to do or yeah. you're too, too afraid to step up for what you, what you want to do. And, yeah. and it, took me, it took me some time to actually realize it's worthwhile um, stepping up and actually, um, you know, fighting for what I wanted. Yeah, and what was the catalyst for that? Like what made you finally say, okay, I'm going to, you know, as they so to say, like lean in <laughs> yeah. and, 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 forego the supporting role and actually step into this more of a leadership position that I, I, was more I got comfortable. A lot of, I got a lot of good feedback actually yeah. also from, from customers who, who I got along with really well and um, I was building really good relationships with investors and, and other basically business partners and, and I thought like well actually I mean I'm, I'm doing a good job at this here actually mm-hmm. so um, I, why, why not take it further and, um, and I mean the previous company wasn't a place to do it because you know it had a certain setup 
But when we, when we left the company anyway, it was a good time to start over and, and really do something that fits yeah my personality better and actually more of my, my, my true ambitions of where I want to be. Right. So. What keeps you motivated? Um, really, yeah, really having the freedom to, to implement my, my own ideas and also actually um, seeing it makes a difference. So mm -hmm. getting, getting feedback from customers that we're solving a real pain point for them or, or having, having people come to me and say, well, it's really great technology. So basically it's, it's quite nice to, to, to build something that actually helps people. Yeah. And that's, that's a big motivation to feel you're, you're making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And also, and also my mentoring, actually, when I see other people actually um, being able to realize their, their dreams and build their businesses and then seeing them succeed or you know, becoming more happy, that's, that's a big motivation as well. Yeah, I really love the, the mentoring aspect because it is – you know, it is such a vital role, particularly for women. And do you, do you think that seeing, you know, having um, mentors, particularly when you were going through your education, uh, had an impact on your view of mentoring other women now that you're in the position that you're in? Yeah, I think most certainly. I mean, my, actually, my, my first mentor and the most important one in a way was actually a guy. He was mm. my, my linguistics professor. Wow. But he was somebody who he really like strongly built a belief in myself and made me think actually I can I can do more and this yeah. is also why I then went on to study computer science which wasn't my first degree, and and there was really good because it was a very strong community and as I said we had these things like um, these giget things you know women in tech and yeah. you, you you had a lot of inspirational speakers you met and and also quite a few women who had started companies so yeah, just um, I, I think. The atmosphere definitely helped. I don't think if I'd been somewhere else where I had not any any role models, I probably wouldn't have had a company by now. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's, it's very, very important to, to see other people do it so you know you can do it yourself. So I'm curious because um, I, you know, I have a business degree and then I switched to, to law and they're really sort of like two, they're, they're, they're different, but you do pull in aspects of it. What made you decide to go into computer science after having having a business degree what was the catalyst for so you? it was a, yeah it was a, it was a joint business and american studies degree and well american studies is very hard to make a good career of and yeah and 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 the business what 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 i find a bit frustrating i i come from a quite entrepreneurial family but in 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 the actual degree you weren't told, taught about how to be entrepreneurial. Yeah. I mean, they were basically trying to make you a good employee at, you right. know, I was studying in Germany at the point, so like a Bosch or Siemens or, or you know, BMW or whatever, which is, which is a good career, but it, it just didn't feel like I was wanting to do. And um, I always enjoyed technology. And um, I was also doing computational linguistics and uh, business informatics. So I've had a bit of, you know, I tried to do as much technology as I could in my existing um, degree back then. Yeah. You know, I'm really interested in something that you said. I've, I've, um, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. You know, do you think that having a business degree um, helped you in your entrepreneurial efforts? Or do you think that it sort of can, you know, confined you in, in, in processes and thinking and, and something that you had to sort of break away from? It, it helps with admin yeah. aspects. Um, it helps that I know about accounting and about certain legal aspects. But um, I think the, the major impact was really um, being surrounded by people from, from startup culture, from Silicon Valley, and really yeah. 
just seeing actually role models that have just done it because I mean the business degrees are very theoretical in a way. Yeah. So and and a lot of it, I mean, especially in technology companies, really about, you know, understanding how to how to build cool technology that solves the needs. So I think that is really in the in the end. I could have probably also just done some accounting evening yeah, classes. Right. <laughs> really useful. Or I mean as a in, yeah. At some point, really have an accountant anyway, so it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> right, right. So maybe even not the maybe even not the evening classes. <laughs> so so yeah. I don't I don't think I learned anything really that without it I couldn't have done it now. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I'm fa- I'm really fascinated with with that sort of concept. You know, we um, uh, I, I have this debate going on with some some local friends uh, here about you know like does does a business you know does does having a business degree actually make you a better or worse, you know, in entrepreneurial efforts when you're talking about doing things that are sort of like renegade and out of the box, uh, whereas a business degree teaches you like all about the box and how to stay within inside the box and with, within the confines of normal business um, strategy. Uh, so I, I find that interesting to you know, to get your take on it. I think maybe, I mean, I think in the beginning it doesn't help you so much. It helps you when you're growing your organization, I think, because you need to know more more about actually organizational structure and about management. But in the beginning, I think you just need a lot of actually passion and hard work and just do it and then, uh, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and like you said, role models to kind of look at and say, oh, okay, that's, that's a that's a good way to do it or or maybe not a good way to do it. What sort of, um, what sort of fears do you have but I mean, one fear, obviously, of, of every entrepreneur is always that in the end, uh, despite your hard work, it may fail for some reason, like being the wrong time, or maybe you lose your lead customer, or, you know, it, it actually is not financially viable for, for a long time. But I mean, on the other hand, I don't think you have any security in a normal job either, you know, yeah. so it's, it's just, I think security is an illusion. I mean, and if you, the more skills you learn, and the more you do, the better you're set up to do other things later on as well, so... I think actually, even if the company failed, which I hope it won't, um, yeah. I would be in a better position to get a job actually that that actually is more fulfilling than I would have without having tried the company. So yeah, I love that. I love I love that idea that like failure can actually make you into, you know, better in the long run. You know, even if it doesn't work out, you've still like that's a valuable lesson and and you've learned some valuable skills going forward. So in the, in the long run, it's basically, I think, that it's as long as, as I'm healthy and yeah. uh, everything else can be sorted out. <laughs> I love, that's a great, what a great attitude. Yeah, you're right. As long as you're healthy, it's, you know, <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're able to move forward, you can always just move forward and, and keep going. Um, so what gets you through, like when you have tough times, uh, what, what gets you through, you know, when, when maybe something's not going the way that you want it to go in the business or you, you lose a, a customer or somebody gives you non-positive feedback, um, what gets you through? Yeah, so I mean, as a given startup, startup has many tough times. Yeah. It's, a lot, it's a lot like a roller coaster. And I mean, what really helps me is having a great co-founder, I mean, who happens to be my husband. So yeah. we have a family business, which actually works out very well in our case because we can support each other, you know, and we can celebrate successes. But also you're not alone when it's going badly right. and we can work through it together. And I find it very, very important because also it's, it's like having support from, from people close to you is, is very important anyway. So it's, it helps to do the business together. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question actually is about how, how supportive 
your family is. Um, and I'm wondering if you can share with me a little bit more about your co-founder and the support you get, who, who happens to, to be your husband. Um, and I'm wondering if that, if, if being that you're partnered in that sort of fashion, if you think it helps uh, you business-wise or if there are additional, you know, um, factors that you have to work around considering that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as far as my, my, my kind of diary family in the sense of parents and, and yeah. stuff goes, they, they are, I mean, the only people who are not entrepreneurial in my entire kind of wider family. So for, for them, it was actually quite interesting to, and a bit scary as well, mm-hmm. to, to see me going into something that's more of an uncertain career. So my dad was a civil servant and I mean, He's doing it for a very long time. He was the kind of basically city council treasurer and he had a very safe career. Right. But everyone else around them actually had engineering companies or or, or other businesses. So um, it's, it's had helped that I wasn't the first in the family, let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think my parents are actually very proud of me that I, I didn't just do the easy thing and, and also became a civil servant, but actually um, was taking more of a risk and I'm trying to, to do something that really makes me happy and has an impact. So they've, they've been really good, so they've never tried to discourage me from it. And so that's, that's very good. And I mean, my godfather, the, the guy with the engineering company, is obviously very happy that I'm becoming an entrepreneur yeah. rather than a... <laughs> So, so that has been really good. And I mean, and Donald, I mean, we, we met um, before we had the company and um, I mean, we, we fit very well together the way we, we work and what kind of aims we have and visions we have to how to how to run a company. And we also have, as you said, we have very dedicated roles we can play in the company. So it's, it's a good it's a good match. That's not just a, not just a personal match, yeah. but really we can take the company further than either of us could do alone. So that's very valuable. So I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it if I just liked him. And sure. but we, we did have no. Actually, we can't really contribute separate different things to the company. But in, in our case, it was quite, quite lucky. And I mean, yeah. so as we, as we worked together in the previous company, we, we, we learned a lot about ourselves and what we really want to do. And um, this is why this time we actually don't have a third co-founder anymore. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> because we actually forget. We, we actually have. Uh, have a pretty wide scope of what we can do ourselves and we have a pretty clear idea of what we need in terms of advisors or guidance. Um, so it, it's, it's a pretty good setup. So yeah. it, it actually makes me, makes me very happy and I definitely enjoy that. It's, it's not just me because I see that a lot when one person is in a startup and the other person doesn't understand that lifestyle, it's yeah. very difficult. Yeah. So if your partner works nine to five and then doesn't understand you every night at midnight, you're still doing something, it's, right. It, right. it creates a lot of tension. Yeah, I can attest to that. That's very true. Yeah. I'm curious. So what came first, like the the personal partnership or the business partnership? Uh, the, the personal partnership yeah. came first. So yeah. yeah, we met, met during my PhD and he was a, he was a postdoctoral researcher um, at my university as yeah. well. So. And at what point did you think to yourself, like, I might actually want to start uh, something, you know, beyond personal, like into the professional with this with this person what was it about him yeah. that 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 made you consider him for that partnership yeah. he's he's actually had companies before as well mm-hmm. and he's he's been leading a, a very big kind of well, he was a, one of the initial members of a very big research project that was very successful so he knew a lot about actually selling software to businesses and in his case research institutions and and he also was looking for a new challenge in a way so it, it happened quite naturally really that i was the i joined the, the previous startup first and he came a bit later and it's just kind of, we, we were talking about it and talking about the technology and at some point it seems a natural thing that he actually joined. Yeah. 
And 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 while we were doing that, I mean, not not we didn't like everything about the first time you do it because you make many mistakes the right. first time you company. But what we what we did like was actually just working together and and really building something that makes a difference for people. And that's what we kept on afterwards, and this is why we had a have a company again now and and really um, try to shape it the way we both like and um, yeah, basically have a have a strategy we, we both agree on. And yeah. I think that's very important to have to going to the same direction and yeah, having a similar purpose. Yeah, yeah, what... and it's also it's also a financial thing actually because if you if you do start a company and only one person is in it, it's quite difficult to justify spending yeah. money on business. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're also... go, if you're going down, you're going down together, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what advice would you give? to other women um and and i think that my question really has two two parts to it what what advice would you give to other women in the tech industry um and what advice would you just give to other women who want to venture out on their own and 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 become an entrepreneur uh and start their own business yeah so i mean pretty much you can summarize it as just do it i mean basically listen to what you really want to do i mean take some time to to find out what is really your passion and what would you like to achieve and then fight for it even if there are obstacles because, I mean, normally once you start doing something, there are less obstacles than you think, you mm-hmm. know, or, or if, you, if you have a positive attitude towards things, then people normally also react well. So it, I would, yeah, basically just say be, be more brave um, yeah. because it normally pays off. <laughs> That's great advice. Um, well, let me ask you this. And also, maybe oh, yeah. that's actually one important thing as well. And, yeah. and, and basically, don't don't ask for permission. Ask oh, for I love permission. that. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, just volunteer yourself also for things that you think that may be a bit hard or you ha- don't have to experience yet. You just try to push your comfort zone a bit, a bit and yeah, like basically like guys do, right? I mean, oh, totally. Like, it's, always, you know? it's always a thing, you know. There's a job job you know offer and guys have like six out of ten criteria and they say yeah i'm the person yeah and, i'm fantastic uh, when, as a woman you have like nine and you feel like well i don't have number 10 so i can't apply so. yeah you know that's <laughs> funny i was i was having that conversation with a with a female colleague of mine about how you know you know what is that about women that we're less likely to sort of toot our own horn and say like yeah i am i am really good at this like i'm fantastic um even you know e- even if there are some deficiencies whereas men have no problem in in attesting to how great they are even if exactly even if they're not even if they're not (laughs) you know or or like significantly less so than than you may be and I wonder why do you think that is why do you think women are less likely to um push forward in those scenarios and really play up their attributes it's maybe it's maybe a way um, girls are brought up to be more nice and to be team players. I'm not actually quite sure. I mean, I think I think you're doing a great job with uh, your daughter actually to make a like really a strong girl that goes for what she wants. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think I think many many girls are still told if they have brothers, you know, they have yeah. to be nicer. You know, they can't right. be as wild. They can't be as you know. They can't just say, "Oh, I'm really good." And say, like, "I don't you know. Don't say that because your brother may feel you know um, <laughs> <laughs> inadequate." Yeah, inadequate. So I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot of it is actually upbringing, and and then you you keep falling into these roles that you want to be you want to be liked and you want to be seen as a nice person, and 
and that there is a lot of problems when you actually are strong in business as a woman that that men feel threatened or you you get told or you're arrogant or right. you're not nice and and yeah I mean you need to be strong enough to actually put up with that and actually just say well it doesn't matter what you think and you know I'm doing the right job <laughs> so. that's I love that that's fantastic you know just like you said push forward ask for forgiveness rather than permission and do you know just be be fantastic at it and not worry about what everybody else thinks and, and just ask for what you want because yeah. you, people people won't read your mind you know you can't expect somebody to to magically infer what you wanted I mean if you never actually said what the problem was so that's something I learned as well to be very upfront about when I when I want to do something and also to proactively apply to speak at places you know or to to give courses and yeah Really, just say, well, actually, um, if you're looking for somebody, I actually have the expertise. Why don't oh, that's you great. So. Yeah. No, I love that because you're right. A lot, and I find myself even doing that, just kind of sitting back and going, oh, I wish I'd get invited, you know, to that party to speak, or you know, waiting, yeah. sitting around waiting for the invitation. And I, I think that's a great reminder that you know you may not always get the invitation. You kind of have to show, like, crash the party and and show up and and put yourself out there um, exactly. to be in that position. So yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much, I think, the, the most important things to really to, but it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of courage, actually, to, to put yourself out there and then, you know, risk being, being hurt or, yeah. you know, risk being perceived as, as somebody who's not a team player or all sorts of, you know, whatever prejudice people may have. So, but, but generally, I mean, um, people mind less than I would have thought. <laughs> and, and all quite often, actually, people are quite glad to actually find out that you could do something, you know, and especially if they were looking for somebody in the first place. So yeah. Well, what, you, what have you learned about yourself over this, over this process? Mostly actually that I, I don't have to be as, as nice as I always thought I had to be. <laughs> and, and not that I'm actually not, I mean, I like being nice. It's, but um, I always, I was very afraid to, to really say what I, what I was thinking or, or to really speak up when I felt I wasn't treated fairly. And I, I learned actually, People respect me more when I'm actually quite honest about what I would want to do or what what bothers me or these kind of things. So um, yeah, so I learned I learned I can actually be more brave and there's no penalty for it. So oh, that nice. was a major major insight. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 great insight because you never know until you know, and you might as well just exactly. <laughs> see what happens. And I was also always thinking, like, oh, we know, I mean, you want everyone to like you, and you don't want to be negative, and you don't want to stand out in any way, good or bad. So, and actually, I think it's, I mean, I, I, I do actually, I really enjoy doing things for the community, and I love helping other people. And it's, it was quite great to then have a community that also supported me and actually said, well, actually, you, you also deserve something good, and that, that was great. Yeah. What have you learned about leadership? Mm, that is actually something I very much enjoy and I hadn't thought of it. Um, so <laughs> I'd never really thought about leadership till, till, till I got to the point where I actually had a company. And um, I actually think it's, it's, it's one of the, the best aspects because you can, you can use it to do a lot of good. And this is something I really enjoy, that you can make a difference that, that has, a, has a good impact on people or on your business. And... And it gives you it gives you some power to really make a change, and that's great. So. Yeah, and I I feel like this is you know this is sort of what you're doing with inspiring female founders, and I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit more about about that. Yeah, so that came the idea came about because I was very lucky, as I said, to to have mentoring myself and to have been in in, in groups that have been very inspiring for me because I saw other women leading businesses, um, being CTOs, doing doing lead roles, and. 
And I thought like when I came to Munich back in, well, three years ago, there was very little going on in terms of startup culture or, or resources or networks, which has changed a lot now. I mean, now you can be out every night for five events. <laughs> but back then there was not very much and, and, and certainly nothing actually tailored towards women who, who are thinking about starting a company. And I thought it, it would be a good way to, to, to build a community, to A, get a community for myself because it was new in the city, but also to, to talk to people, to share ideas, to build each other up, and um, then later on also to, to get sponsorship really to do more and um, yeah, make, make a positive difference in, in people's lives and kind of share that the luck I had actually by having been built up and spread it to other people. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing that because that's, you know, I, I'm huge and I think what a lot of women are lacking is mentorship. And um, you bring up a good point that, you know, your first mentor was was a man and really that, you know, mentor mentorship can come from anywhere. Um, but it's, you know, having having that resource be available to you um, could could really be a strong propellant in, in moving you forward um, and just even getting the self-confidence to do, you know, to sort of step into things and speak up, like you said, and not be apologetic or, or shy that somebody's not going to like you. Exactly. And, and quite often it only takes, it takes very little encouragement yeah. really for, for people to take the final step. And, and this is kind of what I, what I, what I, I like, you know, by helping by, by presenting role models and, and mentoring people, giving them that final, you know, leg up to actually do it um, and that's that's something I find very very satisfying I also believe that it, it's better to give you know than, than to take so right. I really enjoy um, helping other women so I'm, I'm quite quite often when you have older women they're not as supportive of yeah. actually bringing up younger women and raise you know raising them to their level and I think that's the wrong way to go about it I think the more the more people help each other the better it gets on on the whole and um so yeah, so I was really, I was something I was very passionate about to to make sure that as many women here as possible actually get a chance to to hear about entrepreneurship, to hear about different opportunities they have, and yeah. and giving giving them some courage. Um, you know what I, I find that interesting that you said that you know older women are less sort of less likely to to be mentors because you're the second person that I've interviewed that said that. And I'm curious to know why you think that is that, you know, sort of the, the, the former, the prior, you know, the earlier generation is mm -hmm. less likely to, to, to be a mentor to, to other women. I think one of the reasons maybe because if you if you have a woman on a board somewhere, um, it, for her to get on that position was was very hard probably. Yeah. And, and also she's probably the only one. Right. And, and, and they're just there are not that many seats and I think maybe it's fear about being, you know, replaced by somebody younger than or, you know, it's it's not like you don't, I think they don't think about being then two or three women on the board. They think about mm -hmm. they would have to step down to bring somebody else on. Yeah. And, and that's maybe, that's one of the problems. But maybe also, it's just, uh, I, I mean, I actually have no real explanation to be honest because, I mean, I always find it sad when I go or sit on panels and I'm, I'm normally like 20 years younger than everyone else on the panel. And and there doesn't seem to be much acceptance, you know. It's it's kind of there's definitely a, a generational gap somehow, yeah. <laughs> which, which I haven't found a real explanation for yet. But well, I think I think I think inspiring female founders is a great sort of solution to that. You know, kind of making sure that that doesn't happen going forward. That there is a platform for mentors and 
women to be mentored so that there isn't that significant gap at the table. So I appreciate, yeah. I really appreciate you, you doing that. Um, what do you think is the biggest thing preventing other women from venturing out and starting their own, their own business? I think probably a lot of it is fear because it's, it's financial uncertainty. It's, it's, it's uncertainty about how, how long it's going to take. Um, especially if you're also planning to have a family, maybe it yeah. seems not, not the safest way to, to go about your life. And, and, and maybe also lacking support from partners. I think quite often if, if your partner is not very, you know, helpful or pushing you to, to really, you know, go out and, and risk it, it may be, may be difficult. And it's just, I mean, generally financing a, a business in the beginning is always very difficult. So unless you somehow manage to, to have some savings, um, it, it's quite a big risk because, I mean, banks don't give you loans. And yeah. uh, finding investment normally only happens at a point where you already have the first customers. So if you build a high-tech product, it's normally at least like a year lead time till you actually have the prototype. So it's, I mean, it's, it's I think women are generally more 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 scared of, of having it fail and then yeah. don't try whereas, whereas we, I see more guys actually just trying believing that actually for some reason it's going to work even if yeah. it isn't because <laughs> they, they, yeah I think that goes back to what we were saying that you know men are more likely to think they're um, amazing and 100% qualified even if it's only 50% true so, so, so men are more likely to overestimate like, <laughs> yeah. so, so women, women like, heavily underestimate them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah it's, it's it's definitely, um, I think, yeah, this, this fear and uncertainty is, is a big problem. But ha- what I see, actually, um, what I see when women do start, I mean, they normally actually, the success chances are higher than, than the male companies or the, the people without, like, mixed teams. Yeah. Because they've often done a lot of research. They've actually spoken to customers. They've spoken to suppliers. They have thought very thoroughly about how much everything is going to cost, what they need. So so they're very well prepared, actually, when it, when it does start and... Um, <laughs> So Which it's almost, is great. Yeah, it's almost like using that fear to your advantage and preparing really well on the front end. Yeah, so we go, go in, go in, you know, yeah. after having done all the groundwork rather than just shooting from the hip and right, hoping for right. the- <laughs> Yeah, sort of cowboy style, just yeah. doing it. Um, it sounds like you've had a really supportive community and, you know, like being an entrepreneur can sort of be like a lonely process. Um, you're like your own, uh, your own everything, you know, your own finance, your, your own, your own accountant, like you'd mentioned your own, yeah. you know, marketing, <laughs> your own, your own pep squad. Um, and so it can s- sort of be like a lonely process. Um, mm. and it sounds like you've had a really supportive community around you. Do you think that you would be able to get through like the challenges that you spoke of and, um, and reach the successes that you have without your community or um, has it, you know, yeah. what, what do you, what is your take on that? So, I mean, my, my, given my background was research, I, I was very much used to working on my own problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I was, so that, that part actually didn't bother me, but the community definitely makes it more enjoyable yeah. because, um, I could, I think I mean in the end I could I could do it regardless, but it's, it's nicer if you have, if you have other people and it's it's nicer to see other people have similar problems and and can help each other out. So it's definitely it makes it more fun, but I don't think it makes it easier. <laughs> yeah. So do you think it makes it more difficult then? You know, like if you have too many people 
kind of giving input about what you're doing? I mean, most most people are really good actually because yeah. they also have own their own businesses and and they they understand that you know everyone itself herself is quite vulnerable because obviously you know we're all we're all trying to start something here. So no, I've, I've hadn't actually had any negative experiences because normally people try to support each other, but. Sometimes that also goes to the level where you're very supportive, even if you if you don't really believe in the business because yeah, you don't want yeah. to say anything bad. So. Right, right. You want to keep being the cheerleader, even if like exactly. the team is losing. Yeah. <laughs> and a, and a lot of being in in, in the startup scene, and entrepreneurial scene, is that actually you try to build each other up because nobody else will. In yeah. a way, so. yeah. <laughs> like building up your cheer squad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, but who, in the end, I mean, the hard work you, you still really much do alone. Yeah, you got to put this work in. It's all. Yeah. It's it, it really comes down to you. It's nice to have some people there come to commiserate with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who inspires you and why? Like, if you could pick one person that you would say is your primary inspiration, who would that be yeah. and why? Um, yeah, my inspiration really to, to really think about his whole career was, was really my godfather. He mm-hmm. worked uh, for NASA on the Saturn rocket and um, he's, he's done that. He's an engineer. And then afterwards, he, he, he took um, like some technology developed and, and uh, got a patent for it and started a very successful engineering company. And I always found it really impressive that he just like built it from scratch. And then yeah. building an engineering company is, is much more difficult than building a software company in terms of capital required. Because you actually need machines and factories yeah. and, and all sorts of things, and 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 he was really like sticking through it and really build it up to something very successful and big. And I always admire that really to to start from basically nothing with a suitcase coming home from Alabama and then actually building a large company over fifty years. Um, so that's definitely a big inspiration for me. Yeah, that's fair. and you were and you were saying I I think I heard you say earlier that. Um, that he was pretty excited that you were kind of going off and venturing off exactly. into your own entrepreneurial efforts. Yeah, he's, he's also been a big support in, in yeah. telling my parents it's normal that a startup doesn't make a lot of money the first year, you know, yeah. that you have to pay the company and then at some point the company pays you. But right. um, <laughs> So yeah, that, that definitely helps to have somebody who's, who's been there um, to, to tell you, actually, no, you keep doing it, you're doing, you're doing the right thing. It takes some time, it's normal. So, um, right. <laughs> So where, what do you hope to see for yourself going forward? So we're now at a stage actually where we're very, very, very close to really um, having some really nice pilot customers and, and taking the software now from the prototype to, to probably production-ready version. So, so I hope that within the next you know, two or three years, we really get to a point where we, where we have a, a strong company with employees and, and really um, build something great as he did. So I'm, I'm more interested in actually building a company I'm going to keep hopefully Rather than just yeah. doing the startup, you know, I build it and I sell it and then I do the next thing. So I'm quite, quite, we're quite happy to really build something we can grow and make a lasting, you know, business out of it. Well, I'm so excited to, to follow you and see how that progresses. I really enjoy looking at all your successes and, and uh, you know, like cheering for you over here in my, my corner. <laughs> Thank in you very much. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm looking forward to, you know, in the next year or two, like, actually going to Munich and, and cheering for you over there. Um, so I appreciate well, and you. And hopefully coming over to, to San Francisco, to the Valley as well, and then meet you in person as well. Oh, you <laughs> must. I'm, have you been? Have you ever been I've, to I've San been, yes, yes. Oh, yes. I've, I've okay. been a few times. It's really great. So yeah, I would definitely well, to come again. Yeah, you must. You absolutely must. And, and come and visit and and, uh, and get in, we'll get into all sorts of, of trouble Um you know, not, not apologizing for things and 
we can we can we can get up to have some fun and yeah. <laughs> conquer yeah conquer and create some chaos i'd look forward exactly. to that that's all, that's all perfect. <laughs> well thank you so much i am um i am truly honored and and so grateful for what you're doing and i i enjoyed having this time um to talk to you thank, thank you it's been a pleasure and it's it's, it's really nice to kind of yeah, share some of the excitement and hopefully um, get more people excited about really starting a business and and doing something they, they really feel passionate about. So, so thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for joining me in this episode of How She Did It, the journey of women entrepreneurs from around the world. Join me for each episode where we talk to existing women entrepreneurs and women who are striving to become entrepreneurs despite obstacles and adversity from all around the world.